on Paranormally Speaking with Neil Parks. I'm your host. I hope this week has been great to you. 2020 is, has been really messed up. And California, Oregon, and Washington State are on fire. And where I live in the United States is in the heart of it all, the state known as Ohio. And the smoke from those fires out of those three states burning up beautiful Greenlands, the forest, trees, our source of oxygen, has made its way to the Ohio Valley and has managed to block direct sunlight observation and has obscured the moon. And gosh, it was on Monday. Everything smelled like it was, I don't know, burning rubber or something. And I mean, that's got to be what it is. The, the remnants of smoke and ash and burning forest caught in our jet stream and then dropping down in the region. It's hard to tell, but according to President Trump, trees are drying out and just exploding because, you know, trees explode. And that's what's causing these fires because we need to rake the forest floor. We need to start raking. Uh, that, that's that's what the forestry needs to start doing is getting out there by the thousands with rakes and just raking everything and bagging it up so forest fires don't happen. Because uh, a man like Trump, who has available experts and science willing to help him get a leg up and better explain things to the American people and come up with resolutions to better the environment and make things safer and reduce forest fires and brush fires would rather just make shit up and deny and lie and create folk and mythology and his cult 45 follows it willingly i used to say blindly but they have their eyes wide open they know what he's about they've always known he was a fraud and a con man the difference between trump and nixon Nixon ended up being a con man and a crook, but we didn't all know it at the time of the election and his first time of being president. It wasn't really revealed till near the end that he really was a con man, but everybody from the beginning, hell, since the 1970s, has been well aware that Trump is a con man, a career con man, a shyster, a snake oil salesman, uh, just a a rat licker and everyone's like oh yeah but you know 
he said that he's going to fight abortion or he's going to ban abortion or you, you can't ban abortion, unfortunately. As much as I hate the concept of abortion as a Christian, I hate it. But as an American citizen where we're supposed to be a free, thriving society, constitutionally speaking, it is something that should be up between the woman the doctor and her maker, not for me to decide to stand in the way of freedom of choice because God made us creatures of free will. If that is the will we choose and the freedom we choose to express, there are consequences with that. Those are consequences that party would have to deal with. I'm not going to shove my ideology or religion down someone's throat because I don't agree with their frame of mind or their value of humanity but to play the Jesus card constantly like the Republican Party has done is an abomination and a desecration of my Christian faith they've essentially hijacked Christianity and have turned it into a wavering cult a dangerous cult bordering Islamic extremists they're coming, evangelicals are coming so close to becoming the next Jim Jones. The followers that drank the Kool-Aid because they believed it was the rapture. Jim Jones convinced his followers that they had to take their own life to be closer to Jesus. And right now, evangelicals have come so close to turning us back into what we escaped from. The tyranny of the Church of England and the king of England, to come here and start a new world, a new country founded upon liberty, justice for all, diplomatic principles, democracy. And a virus has gotten in to this land and has completely corrupted what we thought was once completely uncorruptible. But when you have a stooge like Trump who is a puppet of Putin from Russia, you systematically dismantle those principles, those ethics, those morals, that ideology from within itself without even firing a single shot. I hope you enjoy the rest of the show. I'll be reading another scary story from my latest book, Blood Alley Stories, that I helped co-author with several other like-minded authors and uh, based on a film that I co-wrote as well, Blood Alley, Chillicothe Makes a Movie. The sequel will be coming soon, but we had to put filming on hold due to the pandemic that the, sto the stooge Trump claimed was a hoax, called it a democratic and media-fueled hoax, then turns around and says it's your patriotic duty to wear a mask then says that wearing masks doesn't help, that Dr. Fauci is a liar and a quack, and then he installs a new medical professional who believes that <clears throat> the Earth is flat and that alien DNA is comprised of, has been comprised and created medicines and vaccines that we use on a daily basis. Uh, very uh, various other things that this lunatic believes in and Trump installed her as the new Fauci 
Well, that blew up in his face. And then he turns around and says he deliberately tried to play down, uh, downplay the threat of COVID-19 that he knew was really dangerous the whole time, but he didn't want to create panic. So that's like being on the Titanic and being in the crow's nest, watching for potential icebergs, seeing it at a great distance, but you don't want to create panic. So you, do, you bother not to mention it because you don't want the, the ship to the people on the ship to go nuts and, and jump ship or uh, create chaos within themselves because you don't want to create panic. The fact of the matter is Trump is too stupid to understand the true threat level behind all this and the science behind it. He's just concerned about the votes he'll get for his little popularity contest as president and how many billions he can funnel into his own family businesses. Please hold for a word from our sponsor. Monster.fandom.com That's monster.fandom.com Hello, kids and adults in the listening audience. I'm Neil Parks, award-winning author and paranormal expert. I'd like to wish all of you a very happy Halloween. You are listening to Big Bad Daddy Wolf's Halloween special on 96.6 The Wolf. If you'd like to learn more about me, then you need to get to Google and search at The Neil Parks or my bookstore website, which is www.lulu.com slash spotlight slash Neil Parks. Thanks. houses, poltergeists, paranormal activity. It's the stuff ghost stories and movies are made of. Well, tonight, a team of investigators from Central Ohio take us on a ghost hunt looking for proof of the paranormal. About halfway between Columbus and Cincinnati is a small city named Washington Courthouse. Population, just under 14,000. The area, first settled in 1810 by Virginia War veterans, is known for its annual Scarecrow Festival and the Fayette County Fair. And while every small town has its traditions, some have their very own ghost stories. I'd like to play if I tend to think most of it's hogwash. Washington Courthouse Fire Lieutenant Tim Downing has heard most of the spooky tales of the town. The unknown. Everybody wants to know the unknown. I know it was like Sasquatch. I watch every program I can about it. Do I believe it exists? No. But is it possible? Anything's possible. Possibility of paranormal activity at Washington Courthouse is what brought Neil Parks. This is the way to the lower level beneath that room. And his team of investigators to the Carnegie Library. It's not necessarily your soul that's still here, but just the energy left behind. From the day I started, I heard of somebody named Elizabeth. Sarah Nichols has worked at the library for more than a year. What I've heard have been um, stories of footsteps, a particular scent that she's known for, pages turning and the registry for the genealogy room. The elevator going up and down um, when the building is empty. Mary Elizabeth Johnson was a librarian here from 1911 until 1956 when illness forced her to retire. But many believe she never left. We did have some painters who were here and refused to work at night after a few uh, scary encounters that they had. When they were painting in here, they heard footsteps, and they heard shuffling of feet and the smell of a strong rose perfume, uh, like, a, like an old world style rose perfume. 
It was in this same room that several of the investigators began feeling a bit strange. A reading of the electromagnetic field, or EMF, in the room was extremely high. This is completely off the grid. Levels of EMF like that can trigger in people who are sensitive to it. Could um, trigger nausea, uh, skin irritations, and just overall feelings of dread or feeling like somebody's watching you. EMF measures the amount of energy given off by an object. A high reading like what they found on this night could indicate something as simple as bad wiring or... Another possibility is that the EMF is so high that it's allowing things to manifest, kind of like uh, an energy paradox, uh, allowing things to move in. Residual energy is a residual being uh, what used to be here at that point in time, say it might be Elizabeth. Uh, was so drawn to this place, was so in love with her job, and felt so, I guess, ousted uh, up until the time she fell ill before she died, that she never really wanted to leave. We'll never know who or what was in that room, but according to Stephen Park, there was definitely something. Go over there and see if you can know anything now, just while we're talking. Okay, coming up new at 10.30, we'll show you what happened when we took Stephen back into that room where his sensitivity to EMF really kicked in. Now, would he have another strange reaction, or was it something different altogether? Part 2 of our paranormal investigation, new at 10.30. Now playing one of the biggest podcasts of the week on the free iHeartRadio app. Now number one for podcasting. team of paranormal investigators traveled to Washington Courthouse after reports of strange activity at the Carnegie Public Library. Well, the stories range from odd smells and strange noises to pages turning on their own. Is it all in their heads or is it paranormal activity? Our story picks up as a team member revisits a room where he felt the eerie effects of a paranormal presence. The Carnegie Library in Washington Courthouse is the backdrop of many ghost stories among the people who live here. So I don't think anybody thinks that it's a scary place. Built in 1903, many believe the place is haunted by this woman, Elizabeth Johnson, a former librarian who died in the late 1950s. We did a renovation in 2008 um, and updated the building and um, closed off a stairwell. The painters were painting above where the stairwell was and um, they heard noises, footsteps, heard somebody coming up the stairs. And the young men who were painting with this crew were so scared that they were, had to be driven home by the, I guess, the head painter. Okay, we're getting strong ratings down here now. Was it Elizabeth? We'll never really know. Ghost stories are told, but few are actually proven. That's why Neil Parks and his paranormal investigation team came here. You don't want to go on assuming that everything's a ghost. You want to, uh, this equipment validates the feelings we get. Uh, like the, the head rush, the headache, the, the, the cold chills, the hair standing up on the back of your neck. Maybe that could explain investigator Stephen Park's strange reaction to this room. It means another guy on our team, Donnie. Uh, both actually, he started getting a headache, I started getting feeling sick to my stomach. It's the same room where those painters claim to have heard footsteps. We asked him to go back inside. Now, if you felt something and felt a little ill before, maybe don't now, could that mean that whatever was in this area maybe has moved somewhere else? The code, um, 
Right now, though, once again, I am starting to get a little sick to my stomach. Um, and that's generally how it manifests to me. And I feel feel like a presence is pushing on me in this area. So it's just feels odd. Are you uncomfortable? Yeah, a little bit. You want to come on? Hart felt better once he was outside of that room. His experience was pretty much the highlight of our ghost hunt at the Carnegie Library. But there were a few other odd happenings that night. Like a camera that had been turned off was somehow back on. And when I held these dousing rods used to pinpoint magnetic occurrence, they went a little haywire. And you don't feel anything creepy right now either, can Ghost creepy that this is just moving on its own. <laughs> That's creepy. This is just moving on its own. Now it's stopped. It's mad. Despite a lack of concrete evidence on this particular outing, the team stays positive. Throughout my entire life, I've experienced things of that nature and um, was always afraid to talk about it. I, I thought maybe it was my mind playing tricks on me or uh, possibly people with first stones at me for speaking openly about it. As the team packs up and calls it a night. But thank God for shows like Ghost Hunters really opening the, the doorway for people like myself and my team to speak openly about it and not be chastised. They're already wondering what their next quest will uncover. After all, it is just a ghost story away. in what they do. There could be simple explanations sure. for some of the things that they discovered or experienced. There could also be more complex explanations. So sure. just one of those things and what you believe in and they use their equipment to try and prove the feelings that they have. Right. Well, as you said, uh, there is a newfound credibility to their work uh, based on TV shows and the like. So they're able to talk about it more freely. Are you are you more of a believer in the paranormal than you were before? Not um, that you work before? I kind of always. I do believe that there is something else out there. Um, I didn't experience anything that really made me, you know, feel like that. Yeah. But I do believe that there could be something out there. So I, you know, I do. Well, Neil Parks is not only a paranormal investigator. He's also a published author. He's a historian, a public speaker, and a researcher. And a researcher, and you can find his book, Paranormal Chronicles, Tales of Humor, Horror, and the Absolutely Strange, online or at his website. And we put a link to his website on ours. Just go to myfox28columbus.com if you're interested in reading more about it. You looked a little uneasy with the dividing line. It was weird seeing that, that move, and it, it did that, do that. It was creepy, so I don't know how to explain that. But it was very interesting and a great time, and I thank them so much for letting me tag along. Well, it was very interesting to watch. Hey guys, good news. The outrageously expensive little blue pill is now generic, which means you can get the prescription medication to treat ED at affordable prices. And Hems makes it extra affordable. You pay just 30 bucks for a month's supply. And right now, get your first online doctor's visit totally free when you go to forhims.com slash good. That's right, free, zero copay, no expensive appointments, no awkward face-to-face -face conversations to get your prescription. Hims connects you to doctors online who can evaluate you and, if appropriate, prescribe your ED medication. And a pharmacy sends it right to your door. Hims makes it affordable, private, and incredibly easy. Nobody likes dealing with ED. Now, thanks to Hims, nobody has to. And that's really good news. To start your free online visit, you need to go to this exclusive address, forhims.com slash good. That's forhims.com slash good for your free online visit. F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash good. Family is big around here. We're family owned, family operated, family managed. And that means legacy. That means dependability. 
That means using Granger. With over 1.5 million products and knowledgeable product experts, Granger has whatever we need. And with same day pickup and next day delivery options, they have it whenever we need it. For over 90 years, businesses like ours have trusted Granger. Because, like family, Granger's got our back. Call, clickgranger.com, or stop by to see for yourself. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. Class is in session. What the hell is going on out there? Avery said aloud as several teachers and students were slamming their doors, one by one, and shutting off the lights. This is standard drill protocol for an active shooter lockdown. They have practiced for an event like this over and over the last few years. Why would we have a drill during the week of state testing? Avery asked. Mr. Miller looked confused by what was going on around them. He hadn't received a memo about any kind of drill or lockdown. Students, stay seated. Don't move and please remain silent. I'm going to have a look at what is happening down the hall. Mr. Miller carefully opened the door. He was holding his breath as he stretched his upper body around the doorway in order to see what all the commotion was about. Along the hallway, only half of the lights were on. Mr. Miller could see two figures at the far end of the hall. One of them appeared to be dragging one leg behind them as if they were injured. He could hear faint screaming and yelling coming from the far end of the building. "'What do you see, Mr. Miller?' Sophie shouted from the back of the room, with fear and desperation in her voice. Mr. Miller jumped out of his skin. He instructed his class to stay silent. However, the sudden outburst from his students startled him and resulted in his upper body hitting loudly against the door. The two figures down the hall started moving closer toward the classroom. Mr. Miller closed the door and then locked it. He shut off the lights and told his students to move to the far side of the room, away from the door and out of sight. His students did as instructed in a hurried fashion and prepared for the worst. Mr. Miller crouched down in front of the door, using his weight to help hold it in place. This was completely unnecessary considering he already locked the door and released the doorstop. His extra measure gave him peace of mind. Footsteps could be heard coming closer to the door. It sounded like someone stomping, running, and dragging their feet simultaneously. Whoever it was kept smacking their hands against each door on the way to Mr. Miller's classroom. Two shadowed figures appeared through the glass of the door. They pressed their faces against the window and proceeded to smack and bang against the door. More shouting could be heard coming from the main doors of the school. This was close to Mr. Miller's room. Police! Back away from the door! A male could be heard. Down to the ground now! A female voice commanded. Both of the uninvited guests moved quickly from Mr. Miller's door, and they proceeded towards the police officers. The police instructed them once again to lie down on the ground, but they did not comply. 
Mr. Miller stood up and peered through the window of the door and watched in horror as the police started to open fire on the two suspects. It sounded like a firing range in the middle of the hall. Mr. Miller watched one shot after another go in and out of their bodies as they continued to move in on the police officers. Why are they stopping? How are they still alive? Mr. Miller said aloud. The students who were huddled along the far wall of the classroom started to panic. What's happening, Mr. Miller? Who's out there? One of the students cried out. Mr. Miller backed away from the door and had to steady himself after what he just witnessed. The two invaders, who were being shot to pieces by the police, were still moving in on them. One of the strangers grabbed an officer and bit into his neck, ripped out his carotid artery, and with a single bite and clawed out his eye like a rabid animal. Mr. Miller had a look of absolute terror in his eyes. In the midst of all the commotion, the students in the classroom were panicked and screaming, Students, stay where you are, Mr. Miller commanded. He reached under his desk and pulled out a handgun. The student's level of panic increased. Mr. Miller removed a key from his pocket and used it to open the bottom drawer to his desk. He then grabbed a small box of bullets. With shaky hands, Mr. Miller loaded the clip and inserted that into his weapon. The screaming and the banging that was unfolding in the hall was getting louder and more intense. The students in the class were inconsolable. They were beyond horrified by what was happening. Mr. Miller's attention was pulled from the loading of the gun back to the door. There were now four people visible at the window, beating on the door and pushing the window with a bloodthirsty look in their cold eyes and foam oozing from their mouths. Mr. Miller finally loaded his firearm and was attempting to raise it against the intruders. The safety and well-being of his students was the only thing on his mind. He raised his weapon and moved forward without noticing that his swivel chair was directly in his path. His ankle rolled as he made contact with the chair. This caused him to tumble forward. Mr. Miller lost his grip and dropped his gun. The impact made after hitting the floor caused his weapon to discharge and fired a single shot directly through his chin and burst out through the back of his neck, severing his spine. His lifeless body dropped to the floor like a bag of flour in front of his entire class. All of the order within the classroom was now gone and it wasn't coming back. Crying, screaming, and vomiting by many of the students echoed throughout the room. The threat from outside of the class broke through the glass and started to pour in through the doorway. The two police officers that were outside attempting to stop the intruders were now tattered and eviscerated shells of their former selves. They had death in their eyes and were hungry for more. The students were trapped in their class. There was nowhere for them to hide or to escape. A few of the students took chairs and began to break the windows in an attempt to flee. Several of the other students grabbed items near them as a means to defend themselves and fight for their lives. To their shock and horror, Mr. Miller suddenly sat up post-death and looked in their direction with death and hunger in his eyes. One of the students lunged towards the gun on the floor, intending to use it to save his classmates. He got a little too close to Mr. Miller, who was still sitting up on the floor. 
The student was grabbed by their teacher and pulled down to his level where Mr. Miller bit into his face. He removed the student's nose and right cheek with the gnashing of his teeth, peeling it away like a huge piece of beef jerky. The remaining students climbed through the windows to evacuate regardless of being on the second floor. Mr. Miller and the four other flesh eaters moved in on the barely conscious student and feasted on what remained. What started out as a normal day for the students of CHS was now a living nightmare. Roswell, UFOs, flying saucers, alien abduction, are we alone? Information regarding this and many other questions about the unknown are only a click away at www.theufostore.com. Theufostore.com offers hundreds of DVDs about UFOs, aliens, crop circles, conspiracies, Bigfoot, suppressed science, ancient mysteries. Log on to www.theufostore.com and request a free UFO store catalog. Theufostore.com, the largest selection of UFO products on the Internet. Gather around, children. That's all the time we have for this week. I'm glad you spent some time with me. Next week will be more of the same, but different stuff to talk about. For about 30 minutes. Closer, maybe. Maybe a little less. It depends on what I feel like doing. I hope you have a great weekend. And keep your eyes on Trump, because he's up to no good as usual. Thank you, and God bless. I'm